She also gets the most metal line in this entire piece of cinema, which is my body is no longer his temple. I was like, yes, bitch, tell him. <laughs> Absolutely. That's girl boss shit, yeah. <laughs> Crypt keep uh, girl boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to think up two others for the title it's, of this episode it's it's um, um it's a uh, god what's a good one for gaslight Torch, torchlight crypt keep girl boss there <laughs> we've done it we've done it folks Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a spooky, spooky beetle. And this week, we make some poor archaeological choices in The Mummy. Before we try to resurrect our hot Venezuelan girlfriend, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla, Aaron. I thought we were done with spooky season. You know, I too. But here's the thing. Uh, I think we are the spooky season. Are we? I, I Yeah, we're Scorpios. And that's very spooky in and of itself, I think. <laughs> Based on the events happening in our lives, I think there is something very spooky going on with the energies uh, of the stars this particular month. Um, so, yes, uh, it is certainly a, a spooky time. But uh, I think we have one shi- shining bright star, uh, the the Orion's belt that lights our way. And that is, of course, um, Brendan Fraser, which oh. is, of course, the reason why we watch this movie, I think. Yeah. Hey, listen, if this can be a Hugh Jackman fan podcast, it can also be a Brendan Fraser fan podcast. That's the thing. Like, we we have a long-standing love of Hugh Jackman, but we haven't really dipped our toes into the Fraser-verse yet. But, like, f- from all, all that I could tell, Brendan Fraser seems like a really, really neat guy. Yeah. Uh, I watched a video of him not too long ago where some interviewer told him that he's like an internet darling and he got really emotional. I was like, Brendan Fraser, you should know. You should know. You deserve to know. <laughs> we love you, Brendan. Um, so we decided to visit one of his uh, seminal works, the 1999 Mummy. Um, not the great uh, one with Tom Cruise, naturally. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was kind of a good fit. I feel like it's... <laughs> It's very similar to Van Helsing in a lot of ways, um, but I think it actually gets all it excises a lot of the bad parts of that like mid two thousands like edgy era, and it's just like straight up fun. And I I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, it was not what I thought it was, and I did have to tab out a couple of times because I'm a coward and I don't like icky things. Um, but we'll I talk a- about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, certainly. But I did have a great time. I liked uh, a lot of things about it, including the characters. Yes, we. I think the characters really sell this movie, and um, we're gonna talk to them uh, or talk about them very soon. Um, I kind of want to tackle the plot summary uh, because I have an anecdote. Oh, Lord. Uh, and that is that my first introduction to the mummy uh, was in the third grade 
not the movie, the novelization. Um, and if you remember from the opening of the mummy, which shows the titular mummy, uh, a man named Imhotep, uh, who, who lived in Egypt in like, you know, 1200, uh, BC, he's, you know, a very old man. Uh, and he, his whole deal is that he's, you know, hooking up with the Pharaoh's mistress. Um, and that's, that's illegal. So the Pharaoh doesn't like that. Um, his, uh, his mistress, whose name is Anaksu, uh, uh, you know, dies by suicide to escape the pharaoh, uh, and he, you know, uses his evil Egyptian magics to, you know, try to resurrect her, but instead he's caught and turned into the titular mummy. Now, uh, this is a very graphic scene <laughs> um, in in the in the movie because what they do to him um, is they, um, well, at first they say that his priests are mummified alive, which sounds awful, uh, and then what they do is they cut his tongue out. Uh, and then they mummify him alive, and then they pour uh, scarabs into his coffin, uh, his sarcophagus, rather, and they put him, you know, in a sarcophagus, and they bury him under the temple, and, like, that's the whole deal, and it's like, and we usually don't do that because when we do, it creates an unholy abomination that can destroy the world. So, but but we did do it this one time, but, like, this guy, this guy really pissed off the pharaoh, so we had to do it to him. Um, I read that scene and reading that scene was way scarier than seeing it, especially to my overactive third grade imagination. Um, so, uh, yeah, scared the fuck out of me. Did not sleep for weeks. Um, anyway, that's how this movie opens. We cut to Brendan Fraser fighting the Bedouins, uh, for some reason. Uh, basically we find out that Brendan Fraser, whose character's name is Rick O'Connell, um, is, I guess, some sort of like mercenary slash... I don't know. It, it's set in 1926, so, like, you know, he was doing some colonizer shit. Like, eh, not great, but this was the golden age of, um, you know, British people taking stuff from England, or Egypt. Um, but basically, he finds this lady whose name is um, Evelyn, um, and her and her brother, Jonathan, uh, find, like, find the location to this secret city of the dead. Um, they hire Brendan Fraser to take them there. Uh, on the way, they meet um, some Americans who are also trying to hunt down the Book of the Dead. Uh, you know, they have some hijinks. They meet the Magi, who are like a secret group of Egyptians trying to stop people from disturbing the the mummy's tomb. Because otherwise, you know, mummy's gonna come back and get everyone. Um, you know, they they make it there. Uh, they discover, you know, they discover the mummy um, despite all the Magi's uh, best efforts. Um, and due to some, you know, reading from an e clearly evil book, they reawaken the mummy. Uh, mummy comes back. Uh, that's not great. Uh, and he starts eating all the Americans and turning them into husks. Uh, he, the mummy does enlist, um, Brendan Fraser's old, um, I guess like squad mate, Benny, who we'll talk about, who is a very interesting character, um, to like help him. Uh, they do the whole like 10 plagues of Egypt thing, but they don't do all of them. I wish they had done a frog plague if I'm being honest. Uh, but they do the good ones, you know, the, the flaming, flaming hail and the, the locusts and, and the flies. Um, anyway, Evelyn gets captured because, um, uh, the, the mummy Imhotep is going to sacrifice her to bring back his girlfriend. Uh, there's a big battle. Brendan Fraser gets a sword. It kicks ass. Um, and you know, there's a happy ending. It's, it's a pretty straightforward action movie. Um, th there's a, I, it's mostly action sequences I feel, but in spite of that, I think they do a really good job with a lot of the characters. Um, 
And I think those characters are ultimately what makes that movie, this movie, like kind of great, and and why we people think of Brendan Fraser as such a cool guy, at least from this era. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I've never watched or interacted with any part of the Mummy franchise, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I guess I didn't expect it to be quite so actiony. There's a lot of action sequences, and I think there were a couple of pacing issues, like the escalation just. I don't know. It didn't feel very connected to me sometimes, but not in a way that mattered to me in the moment. Like it was just so fun that I was just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, I think it probably could have been a half hour shorter, but it was fine. I think most movies can be. (laughs) That's that's true. No one really needs those two hours. Um, Layla, do you want to talk to to us about uh, Rick O'Connell, our our titular friend Frazier? I don't know why the movie's not called Brendan Fraser. I don't know why I said titular, um, but you know, <laughs> the man, the legend. It should be. This movie should be called 1999's <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Uh, all I have to say about uh, our our good pal Brendan is hubba hubba. He looks great <laughs> in this movie, um, and he does a lot. There's of a sequence cool where he's in jail, um, and like he is full on like George of the Jungle, like long haired, like you know, shirtless. Like I mean, I, he looks good. He looks, yeah, he looks fantastic. Um, but also, I really like um, the whole, like, dashing rogue thing he's got going on. Like, he's kind of an asshole, and he does some things that, um, like, him, the way him and Evelyn meet is he kisses her. And, like, that's not great. Don't grab random women and kiss them. But, you know, afterwards, she was like, why'd you kiss me? And he was like, I thought I was dying. It just... <laughs> felt right and like we were talking about you know before this recording that's not necessarily like a good thing but as a character choice that makes sense and uh just the way he plays it off is very funny uh in this for some reason i didn't figure he would be as much of like a no-nonsense kind of like uh uh you know go-getter kind of guy but he is and it's very funny um and, and, you know, perhaps some of the character choices don't age particularly well but the ones that do boy howdy they're a lot of fun yeah, um, I think I think the thing that made me, you know, alerted me to this movie and why we should watch it is the scene where he is about to be executed, uh, and like they bring him out to the gallows, uh, and they're like, "Do you have any last requests?" And he's like, "Yeah, untie the knot and let me go." And they ask the the jail warden, they're like, "Should he wants us to let him go?" And he's like, "No, of course you don't let him go." Uh, <laughs> that's just rules. Um, I think you're very much right about Brendan Fraser being the, um, like, dashing scoundrel, right? I, you know, get a lot of Han Solo vibes from him, but I, I do think he is much nicer to his partner, you know, his his, his romantic interest than Han is to Leia. Um, and I, I really thought that he was effective and, and, and much more charming than, like, when people try to do anti-heroes, sometimes they go too far and they make them unlikable. I think he was just enough, like, roguish, but also, like, he makes conversation with Evelyn several times throughout the movie, which is, was a thing that I like wrote down. Cause I was like, we never get like the male hero asking the female hero about her interests. And like, I thought that was great. Yeah. And I mean, there's also, um, I really like that Evelyn, um, once he does talk to her a couple of times, he steals some tools for her because she said she lost her, like, archaeological tools. And he comes over to her and is this, like, big charismatic character and he's so, like, cool all the time. And he comes over to her he's, like, stuttering. He's like, I, you know, I just thought, you, you, could, you know, whatever, like, it's fine. It's no big deal. That's <laughs> something. It's cute. I love it. It was really 
really good. And it was like my second favorite scene with them. Um, but we could mention the first favorite scene when we talk about Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn's very cool. Um, we, <laughs> I was astonished by the amount of characterization we got with Evelyn in her first scene. Uh, because, you know, we get her knocking over this all, every bookshelf in this library. And we get her adoptive father coming in and being like... Oh, I can't believe, you know, why do I put up with you? You're, you're worse than all the plagues. Um, you know, uh, and she, and he's like, and she's like, he's like, tell me why I, I tolerate you. And she's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, very well educated and I'm, you know, I can read ancient Egyptian. Uh, you know, I lo- know so many lang- languages and I can organize this library. And he's like, no, I put up with you because your parents donated to my, um, to my library. <laughs> um, and like, that's just a lot. You know, and he, and he says, a la rest the souls, which is like, okay, yeah, that's everything we need to know about Evelyn there in like uh, a 20 second conversation. I was like, you know what? That's efficient storytelling. I appreciate it. Yeah, she's also, you know, uh, we kind of see her acting before she th- she thinks, which is the whole reason the bookshelves fell over was because she wanted to file a book while she was on a ladder on the bookshelf behind her. And that started off this whole like, you know, domino effect of all these incredibly conveniently lined up bookshelves of toppling all around her in a perfect circle. Um, but she does that a lot. It's kind of how the mummy wakes up. She just kind of starts reading from a book that maybe she shouldn't have. Whomst among us. Exactly. But my favorite scene with her and, and Rick O'Connell, our good friend Brendan Fraser, is when she's incredibly drunk and they're talking uh, and he's like, "I listen, I figured out your brother. He's kind of sucks, but he's fine. I figured out all these <laughs> other guys. Whatever. I can't figure you out. Why are you here? And she's just like, I... You know, she goes on this whole long tangent and then she finally stands up with like full indignation and she's like, I'm here because I... I'm a librarian. <laughs> it rules. <laughs> so good. It made me laugh so hard. And then she tries to kiss Rick and then passes out into him. And he's like, I fine. All right. That's how tonight's going. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very good. It's cute. Um, do you have thoughts about Jonathan, Evelyn's brother? I liked him a lot. He sucks. Yeah. He's kind of like a shitty, you know, he, he, he you know, he's introduced in a scene like, you know, propping up a, a dead body and like scaring his sister with it, which is like, there is a lot of disrespect of, you know, e- Egyptian bodies in, in this, which is not great. Um, we're not condoning any of that. But, um, you know, it, it does convey his character that he's like, you know, he's irreverent. He is a disgraced, um, like, scholar, sort of. Um, and, you know, he's just kind of like a shitty dude who's along for the ride. I think one of my favorite scenes is when, like, him and... Um, rick and the other the main magi guy are trying to like break back in to to save evelyn and there's like a big thing of rocks in the way um and like they do the thing where you know the other two guys are just like you know taking the bricks out and he's like oh yeah you should move you should start with the big ones and then you know move the smaller ones and then you really gotta lift with your legs and like he's doing the fucking like oh i'm gonna do be the supervisor gag but like and you know that's of course a very played joke but i thought he committed to the bit and delivered it very well and i i laughed i laughed at things that i generally do not think are funny in this movie and i 
I, I, I think that goes to the to the actor's credit. Yeah, everyone really commits to the bit. I think my favorite Jonathan moment was um, when the the mob of like brainwashed uh, Imhotep slaves is is coming at him, and he just like slows down and turns the direction they're going and starts chanting Imhotep until they pass him and he can go to the car. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of like very fun, kind of almost cartoonish quick thinking and gags in this one and and like you said like i wouldn't expect to laugh at it but i think the movie does such a good job of setting that particular tone that it does pull you into the kind of absurd logic of the world um yeah absolutely uh how do we feel about imhotep and subsequently uh anuksu namun uh he's a simp and i respect that Oh, you ever simp so hard for someone that you <laughs> betray your god ruler uh, and then try to resurrect her and then uh, get buried alive and then when you are resurrected 3,000 years later, still try to bring her back? I mean, that's that's on another level of commitment, man. We were talking about committing to the bit, man. I also, you know, I do appreciate uh, Anuk Cinnamon uh, for uh, uh, being a bitch willing to stab. Yeah, she, she very much... There's a... <laughs> I think one of the funniest sequences in this is when um, uh, Anuk Sunaman and Enimhotep, like, you know, they, the pharaoh catches them, you know, like, cavorting together. Uh, and he's like, how, how can this be? Um, and then, like, Imhotep comes behind and, like, stabs him in the back with a sword. And then she draws a dagger. And we just get to see, like, the shadow silhouettes of them just stabbing the fuck out of the shadow. It looks... It's so funny. It's so excessive. They are just going at it so hard. And it rules. And then they do it again when she gets stabbed mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the movie. And uh, that's... that's. She also gets the most metal line in this entire piece of cinema, which is, my body is no longer his temple. I was like, yes, bitch, tell him. <laughs> Absolutely. That's girl boss shit, yeah. <laughs> Crypt keep uh, girl boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to think up two others for the title it's, of this episode it's it's um, um it's uh, god what's a good one for gaslight Torch, torchlight crypt keep girl boss there we go. <laughs> we've done it we've done it folks uh yeah you know he's a fine he, he up's a fine villain he's very single-minded about his his girlfriend um and he you know turns a bunch of dudes into little uh jerky men and that's fine a tasty um, snack for when you're done taking over the world. Exactly. Uh, how do you feel about Benny? I love Benny. <laughs> he seems like you're kind of a little shit. He's just funny. His heels, like, I, he has a really great moment when, like, he just meets Imhotep for the first time and he's, like, pulled out the cross and he's, like, you know, Jesus Christ saved me or whatever. And I was like, oh, weird that a guy from, you know, that region and that time would pull out the cross. And then he starts pulling out all the other necklaces from all the mm-hmm. other religions. And the reason he doesn't die is because he hits on um, the Star of David and he says a, a little thing in, in Hebrew. And Imhotep is like, ah, oh, the language of the slaves. I could use you. And he's like, think. <laughs> fuck not only do i get to stay alive but i get paid absolutely and i respect that kind of uh self-sufficient thinking you know listen i think we've all worked jobs that was like yeah if some if an evil avatar of death did walk into this place and offered me you know a 20 percent raise to help murder everyone in this building like i wouldn't say no i would consider i probably wouldn't say yes but i would think it over um oh absolutely aaron 
the Americans. I mean, do I know any of their names? Like, no, I don't. But you know what I know is that they're Americans. Uh, because they have cowboy hats. I know, yes, and that is the reason <laughs> I know that is because they all wear cowboy hats. And whenever there was an action sequence, they would do the fucking cowboy thing and hold up their revolvers and like shoot by like moving their hand across the hammer uh, uh, like really fast. It was very cool, very funny. Um, you know, of course, naturally the Americans are the ones who get cursed. So Imhotep hunts them down specifically. And like the first guy, I do feel very bad for uh, because he does get his eyes and tongue uh, taken by the mummy, and like that's an extremely gruesome thing. Uh, and then the mummy does come back and finish the job and like yeah r.i.p um but like you know i think they were fine as villains there's a very funny um mexican standoff style deal where like they both come around a corner um you know brendan fraser's team and the americans team uh and they all sort of like point their guns at each other and like you know they're 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 talking shit back and forth uh and then Brendan Fraser's like, you know, you y'all better get out of here. And the, one of the Americans is like, well, or Benny says, he's like, last time I counted, uh, there were 14 of me and only four of you. Uh, and I was like, thank you, Benny. Great. Uh, thank you for your contribution. But yeah, you know, they were fine. They, they served their purpose as, you know, the red shirts, the cannon fodder. Um, and, you know, I liked them. Yeah, I, I especially, as you said, like the guy who got his eyes and tongue stolen because uh, the first night they get like attacked by the Magi when they're at camp. Uh, he he had started shaving, but only got halfway through shaving. So he's talking to Brendan Fraser with shaving cream on his face. I just thought that was really a, like a charming little touch uh, for that scene. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, those are all our characters. I, and I think that the ways in which they're characterized in this film really benefit everyone. Um, and I, I appreciated, you know, I think they, they, their characters, they, they didn't waste them, right? They, they had very few characters that, you know, didn't matter at all. Um, they, yeah. they all served a purpose and I appreciated that. I do have um, a question for you before we move on. This okay. movie has a lot of, um, when you open a book, something screams, a lot of like haunting whispers. When would you have packed up your shit and left? Oh, um, the moment that somebody was like, hey, do you want to investigate a place where a person died? Um, because I am both a white person and not a white person and the not white person part of me would have been like, no, we don't, we don't fuck with that. Um, and so I wouldn't, I would have left very early, uh, in this <laughs> expedition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre, pre-expedition exit. Mm-hmm. I respect that. That's not that. a very interesting answer, but it is the truth. Um, where, where were, when would you have packed up? I think it was the moment that, uh, Evie opened the book of death and there was that little scream. I would have been on a camel and gone. Before uh, she could ever even, read one word out of that fucking book, I would have been like, nah, books just scream, nah, bye. No, 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 I don't, I don't fuck with talking books. I do think, like, that they comment on how often, like, weird shit happens, like, constantly. There's just, like, they'll say, like, you know, this place is cursed uh, by the pharaoh himself or something like that. And, like, all the fires in the area will blow and, like, everybody will turn and look at, like, the fire flickering out and be like... That's it's weird that that happens around here, isn't it? <laughs> when she opens the book and it screams, uh, Rick is like, "That seems to happen around here a lot." I'm like, "Yeah, leave." It's a bad sign, sir. Books shouldn't um, scream. Uh, yeah, I think we take a pretty strong anti-screaming book stance here at Mortified. Um, but what we do not take 
uh, a strong stance against is having good cgi in fact we love bad cgi here at mortified and this movie has it in spades oh my god if there's anything listen it's been like a minute i know you and your wife are watching doctor who it's been like a minute for me but there's nothing more charming to me than a modern bbc sci-fi fantasy show with a uh vfx budget of two dollars and 22 minutes um and that for the time this movie was pretty state-of-the-art but that's what it feels like now in 2021 Mm -hmm. and i love that very much yeah, I bet, I bet, because there were a lot of, you know, CGI effects. There's a lot of, like, you know, big sand walls with the mummy's face coming out of it, and, you know, people getting turned into fucking, you know, weird desiccated jerky men, and, and the scarabs are constantly skittering around. Um, but yeah, like, uh, none of this was, like, even remotely frightening, um, just because the CGI was so um, dated, and, like, normally normally i really cannot tell when cgi is bad but like this time you could tell and like i i kind of loved it it was like this is this is why we started adding computers to film this is the reason it's really like well i I still thought the beetles were icky but that's because i just personally don't like anything where like things get under the skin like that that really bothers me it it was gross (laughs) icky that being said the water looked like flubber and i thought that was very funny <laughs> there's like yeah there's like some ghost water that's like the portal to the spirit realm or whatever and it constantly looks like purple jello uh there's just like a purple jello person coming up out of it um another very good moment was the very last scene where you know um evie reads from the the, uh, the book of raw the book of life or whatever and there's a fucking ghost chariot that comes down and captures the the immortality of emotep and like there's a full like stretch effect like some like basically like an instagram filter that happens and you see him like his him and his spirit get separated and it's just like it's like a whole second and a half and i was just like what are we doing here and okay not to be that guy but you know what i was distracted by that entire scene when the chariot came up, I was like, how does the ghost chariot get like a floor plan of like where the most dramatic entrance would be from? You know what I mean? Because they could have popped up from anywhere, but they started at the top of a staircase and made a very beautiful swoop down through Imhotep. I'm like, do they know? Do they get like a five second delay, you know, where they're like, all right, fellas, <laughs> where are we coming in from to make the most impact on our entrance? Because They get just... a theater kid style warning where, you know, if somebody touches that book, they get a, you know, like warning that's like, hey, um, soul capturing in five and they go yell back, thank you, five, uh, and they get their horses ready and it'll be and it's great. They, I, they just know. I think that would be my dream job as a ghost. Um, not that I should dream of labor after I die, <laughs> but, but um, I think that would be fun if I could I could hook up with some like very theatrical, like functional spirit, you know, and then just help them out with the logistics, where to enter from, when the optimal lighting is, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You're a producer through and through. Ah. Uh. Board of producer. <laughs> <laughs> um so this movie has some bad stuff i mentioned up top that you know uh uh is is played by a a venezuelan actress i genuinely do not know if there's a single egyptian actor there's i checked through imdb i don't think anybody who is named in this movie is an egyptian there's a lot of moroccans um the you know uh what's his name the the warden is iranian 
Um, but like, I don't know how, I don't know if there's any Egyptians in this movie and it's not great. <laughs> well, I just want to know when we decided as a culture that, um, Egyptians were like, what happened? When did we decide that Egyptians were white? Um, in contrast there's an answer to, to this. Oh boy. There's an answer to this. And it's, uh, when Alexander the Great invaded Egypt. Uh, <laughs> wow. Goes that far back, huh? Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's. You know, once we get that sort of dynasty, um, the Ptolemaic dynasty in Egypt is founded. I think that's when we get that mixing of, of Greek and, and Egyptian cultures. Um, and and we started seeing a lot more light-skinned uh, Egyptians, which is um, just a strange cultural phenomenon. But I, I do believe happened. Um, I, I'm not, I can't, you know, I'm not sourcing this from anything. I couldn't be 100% wrong, but I believe that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... That being said, in uh, The Mummy is not the first movie based in Egypt that does this, um, because you saying that uh, there's probably not a single Egyptian person in this cast did remind me of another um, famous film from just a year prior. Mm-hmm. The uh, Prince of Egypt? It would be The Prince of Egypt! Yeah. Yep. Uh, we did a whole Bible Boys on that if you want to check out my other podcast. But yeah, um, that's a bunch of white people, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, just for the sake of our listeners, Aaron, do you remember what famous villain from a movie franchise Ramses shares an actor with? Oh, no. I don't remember who played Ramses. Uh, I know, like, basically every person who was famous in the 90s was in Prince of Egypt. Can uh-huh. you give me a hint? I can. Uh, it is a franchise written by a woman who is constantly the main character on Twitter for not liking trans people. Oh, my God. Who do I know from Harry Potter? Uh, is it Snape? What's his name? No, no. It's not? It's fucking Voldemort, baby. Ralph Fiennes himself plays Ramses. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Famous comedy duo currently in a very popular hulu show with selena gomez mm-hmm. played hotep and hui i know this one and it's steve martin and the other guy <laughs> martin short <laughs> martin short yes i knew they shared one name uh thank you uh what famous actor from star trek plays seti leonard nimoy patrick stewart no <laughs> patrick stewart that was the other one damn it and then finally what woman from oceans eight plays miriam i mean i don't think it's rihanna i want it to be rihanna really bad but it's not i'll give you a hint she also starred in a movie called the blind side sandra bullock sandra bullock i can't I, I know for a fact Michael revealed this to me a year and a half ago, and it still blows my <laughs> mind that Sandra Bullock was Miriam. Holy shit. And the other names in here that I have not mentioned are Val Kilmer, Michelle Pfeiffer, and our, our very favorite uh, sexy dinosaur researcher, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, fuck yeah. Incredible. Yeah, uh, so not The Mummy is not the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the 90s were an interesting time for uh, racial casting. Yeah, woo! <laughs> Truly, truly. I honestly, when you said in the intro, Venezuelan girlfriend, I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, but despite all of those flaws, I think there are some really, really good moments in this film. 
Um, I think it's genuinely one of the funnier things we've ever watched on on Mortified. Um, certainly, like just movies. Um, I, I think it's very funny. Uh, there, there are just so many little sequences, like you know, with with what with Benny doing the the switching through religions bit, and um, God, let me find. There's a bit where there's a a bunch of like you know little mummies coming up, and Brendan Fraser's fighting with the with a sword and at one point like he cuts one of their arms off and but then they trap him and they have one mummy slowly walking over with a big rock to crush him and he sees the disembodied hand sort of like inching its way over because he's dropped his sword um and when it grabs the sword he grabs the arm and then he swings it and cuts the legs out from under the mummy and i was like that's just good that's really good there's also a, a moment where uh, you brought up the the like uh, Imhotep's faces in the sand wall as he's trying uh, to stop Brendan and Jonathan or Rick and Jonathan on a pedal plane, um, a pedal power plane uh, busting through to save Evie. And Evie, to prevent this, kisses Imhotep to distract him. And yes, they get through the sand wall. They still crash into a dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um there are a lot of really funny moments in this and um i i I think that that really adds to its credit i I think that there is like uh, we we talked about this in in van helsing but i you know if you don't have a decent amount of jokes like your your movie is gonna just you know trudge along and this movie is no is not taking itself seriously at all and i i love that Right, and I think comparing it to van helsing is a really good point to be making because this movie, as you said, like knows exactly what it is, and the tone it sets from the outset is very like not so serious and very goofy, and that's why all the jokes land. Um, you know, between like uh, the whole Rick wishing for uh, his last wishes to be let go, and um, all of Jonathan's little like one-liners that he gets, like when he's talking to Evie, and he's just like, "She's like, why would you lie to me? I'm your sister." He's like, "That just makes you more gullible." Like it's yeah. <laughs> You know, although it's just like that's you can't put that in a serious action movie. You can put it in an action comedy. And I think the problem that Van Helsing has is it just like didn't understand its own tone. Um, I wish it had leaned more into like action comedy, especially with um, Faramir there. (laughs) Um, We had some really great one liners. either leaned into action comedy or just like pure gritty action flick but it just it didn't know what it wanted to be which made all of the jokes fall flatter and all of the dramatic moments uh feel funnier so um hopefully uh james Wan, if you need some consultants call us here uh mortifypod at gmail.com thank you thank you um it's also as you pointed out an extremely horny movie um in like kind of the best way possible (laughs) yes so there's a a pretty popular essay that floats around uh that's uh called uh everyone is hot and no one is horny by an author whose name i already forgot but um, rs benedict rs benedict thank you uh and we should say uh from the outset that uh you know rs benedict did become a main character on twitter um for certain reasons um earlier this year so you know take take that recommendation with a grain of salt but the the thought behind it is still worth exploring which is to say that in modern movies especially marvel movies i noticed this a lot in everyone is like super beautiful but nobody flirts Nobody's like, like, there's no like chemistry or like sexual tension that's like fun to explore or fun to watch. Um, and if it is, a lot of it is like 
not explored by the writers, but definitely explored by the fans. The only movie I can think of that does have that, and I haven't seen it, so, you know, take my opinion of the grain of salt, but the only movie I've heard of that does go in that direction is Venom. Um, Especially considering some reviews I read for the sequel that came out this year. But that's the fun thing, is, like, in this movie, Evie and Rick flirt! And I mean, like you said, they strike up conversation with each other and you don't see that a lot. And she like gets frustrated with him and he <laughs> he does pick her up and throw her like a rag doll when, she, when he's like, hmm, I think this uh, revived Pharaoh wants you as this human sacrifice. So we're going to put you in a bedroom and you're going to stay there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's delightful. I think we need more of that, honestly, because I'm so tired of watching. Because I feel like right now we get two types of movies, which is like action movies and sad marriage movies. <laughs> I want my action comedies back where people are flirt, are flirt and funny. People are flirt and funny. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's good. I, I really just, I like the fact that everybody is like willing to be like, I want to, I want to hook up with you and you're pretty hot and I'm pretty hot. And, you know, it's mostly the, the chemistry between, um, Brendan Fraser and, um, gosh, I already forgot the actress, Rachel Wise, um, who, you know, you probably know her from the constant gardener uh but um yeah they they have a great time they look like they're having a lot of fun and i it's just so nice when people in movies are having fun uh you know like like huge in death note yes like hugh jackman like the one man in death note uh who, who played stanfield. Oh, Lickie stanfield thank you um we just love to see actors having a good time absolutely hey Aaron. I got a question yeah. for you again. Oh, uh, yeah. What's up? Is this a tabletop? I think it might be a tabletop. Um, I I told you this before, but um, I, I because I am so deep in TTRPG Twitter, um, I kind of have uh, RPG brain. So I'm very much like that boss baby tweet where, you know, I consume one piece of media and I'm just like, are you, this is giving me a lot of tabletop RPG vibes. Um, and I. I just think, like, the way this plot is constructed is very similar to, like, um, a dungeon, not even a dungeon crawl, but, like, a Dungeons & Dragons game where, you know, the players immediately go off the rails and your DM is just sort of like, well, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, so I'm going to throw in a bunch of random encounters to slow them down, and oh, thank god they're doing some role-playing, oh, they're doing some great role-playing, great, awesome, that'll give me more time to add some stuff in, but there's, like, so many weird, like, plot, um, you know, like, um, what's the word? Conveniences like the um, there's an RAF pilot who they need to get into the third act. Who is the guy that they get the plane from? Um, and basically, he just shows up for one second in in, in Act Two, and they're just like uh, he he talks about how much he wants to die uh, and also wants to do dangerous shit, uh, and it rules. Oh my god! Yeah, that guy uh, is uh, the best Russian uncle in the fucking world. Um. We've asked this question before. What class do we think Brenda Fraser was? Ooh, because I know we, we said rogue already, but I don't think he's a rogue. He, he's much more in there. I want to say ranger, maybe. Ooh. Like, I don't think he has, he doesn't have an animal companion, but he is very much just like getting in there, getting dirty, knowing the terrain, but also, you know, doing some stuff from range. And, and, and you know, he's got a good mix of stealth and, and smash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, I was I was almost thinking like um, monk for a minute, just because he's very like versatile in, in hand-to-hand combat. 
Um, but I think he is missing a little bit of a spiritual element, so, like, Ranger's probably it. I would like to pose that Evelyn is a warlock. Interesting. Who is Evelyn's patron? Fucking Imhotep. <laughs> and oh. I think that relationship goes completely away. <laughs> ah, that makes sense. That <laughs> yes, that that's very good. Um, yeah, I love I love that. I I love that she could channel channel Imhotep's powers in a weird way. I <laughs> I don't know that any DM could pull this off in a great way, but I do kind of want to see you know the the warlock whose patron is like super horny for them, and they're like. You're coming on a bit strong, Chief, but uh, I will take your magic powers. Thank you. I always wanted to... um, It's been a while since I've been in a one-shot, but I always really wanted to play um, a patron and warlock who were divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Just have that (laughs) petty dynamic happening. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I think... You know, I don't know if if, if a, a, a a mummy there could I think there could be a version of a mummy campaign that could be not about white people stealing Egyptian artifacts, um, but I will say that the uh, the sequel I would like to see from the mummy franchise would be uh, the head uh, magi guy returning to normal life. <laughs> yes, I want to see that dude get an office job, <laughs> just like. I see on your resume it says uh, Magi, uh, 1993 to 1999. Uh, let's see, you uh, prevented the collapse of the world due to you know mummification, uh, overdrive, magic powers. Um, okay, that's interesting. Um, do you know how to use Excel? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I want to see him try to navigate a gas station. I would watch an hour of that. <laughs> Just like no, I have I have a camel. It's <laughs> fine. I don't. You don't have camel parking. What is this? Just like a, it's way more environment. Okay, fine, whatever. Just. I want to know. I want to. I want to see this guy experience corn nuts for the first time. You know what I mean? Like I want him to be in a gas station looking at the snack aisle, going, "What the fuck is a corn nut? The corn or a nut? <laughs> Those are the same. That's what I want. Oh That's the sequel I want. And I think you know that what. Rolls. You could do a pretty, pretty cool, I don't know, probably lasers and feelings campaign with that setup. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that there's just a lot of weird contrivances. Like there's a point where they jump into a manhole that's just in the middle of the street while they're surrounded by enemies. And like, I've definitely been in a situation where it's like, uh, my idiot players have gotten themselves surrounded by a hundred enemies. I have to give them a convenient way out of this. Um, and I just, I just think it's very silly how many weird action you know, tropes go into this. The fucking dexterity roll you would have to roll as Rick to shoot that mirror at a distance and have it turn the perfect angle to light up the room? Come on. Yes. Incredible. Uh, it, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we have a marketing minute for this one? Besides the, the great sequel you just pitched? I think the sequel <laughs> I think the sequel I just pitched would, would be a good start. Um, you know, we could also have a mummy sequel um, where you know, Britain specifically um, repatriates a bunch of articles or artifacts uh, to its countries of origin, but they could like make it the mummy themed, you know, as like a PR campaign. You can hmm. sell it to the public using Brendan Fraser. So, sorry. Okay. I'm not, I'm not following. How is this going to be VR themed? 
No, well, like, you know, Britain needs to repatriate a bunch of artifacts, okay. right? Yes. And, yes. like, yes, the countries where the artifacts come from want those back, but, like, the British people are going to be kind of mad, right? A lot of them that their museums are going to get cleaned out, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if they make like a a PSA starring Brendan Fraser and it's like themed as The Mummy, the 1999 classic film, I think maybe that'll help sell it a little bit, you know? (laughs) So instead of the keep calm and carry on, you see Brendan Fraser's face say keep calm and return the all the jewels in the crown to their <laughs> the countries that we used we stole them from yeah but Is he's that... kind of like dashing and a little high in that little get yeah. up with the with the with a lot of guns in his in all the mm-hmm. holsters and his shirt is unbuttoned a little bit just and a he's little like bit tussled. yeah 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 that's that's it's not the worst idea i've heard to, <laughs> to repatriate artifacts so it's it's something. Listen, anything to ke- get Brendan Fraser a paycheck and countries their artifacts back. I oh god, that made me think of the fucking heist movie that uh, Killmonger from Black Panther and uh, Brendan Fraser from this film could go on to steal artifacts from the British Museum and return them. That would be so good. Oh my god, Marvel, call us! I would love to get Brendan Fraser a Marvel paycheck. Oh my god. I think he's like the only actor in Hollywood who doesn't have one. Right who now. doesn't? Who hasn't worked at Mar- with Marvel at this point? Yeah. Oh God, Layla. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are not just spouting absolute uh, cinematic gold from our tongues, which are very much within our mouths still, uh, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, you can find me at L E Y L S E S on Twitter and Tumblr. Um, might be a little quiet for a little while. Uh, things are happening in the real life, but otherwise, uh, you know, maybe I'll draw someday. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I talk about health policy and tabletop RPGs. Uh, you can listen to the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys. Um, I think we're talking about uh, the Mel Gibson movie Hamburger Hill tomorrow which will be interesting <laughs> so turn tune in for that one um you can uh, our, our theme song is obsolete by keshko from the album filmmakers reference kit volume two you can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com layla how should we close this one out oh aaron don't make me think of that think of my children Layla, you don't have any children. Yeah, next week. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. That's the quote. That's the quote. It's fine. 